Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We've got a really, really important topic. The topic is sales. And we've got somebody here who's just got a completely different perspective on things that I think is so valuable about selling and how to actually do it in a way that's effective, won't leave you feeling slimy or pushy or like you're trying to like convince anybody to do anything. But before we get to our wonderful guest today, my co-host is indeed on time. He just rode into the studio on his white noble steed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, the one, the only Mr. Dean Holland. (laughs) You know what? I literally never get bored of the intro. I just can't. (laughs) I just, I just puts a smile on my face every time. How are you doing, James? (laughs) <laughs> I'm good. And it, it would be weird for you not to get that intro because there are so few people who actually ride into a show on a horse. Right. And with all the extra time on my hands, you should see how good the horse is looking. Oh, really? You've been taking good care of him, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The horse the nice. steed is looking good. <laughs> You're proud of the steed. <laughs> That's amazing. So uh, so today we've got we've got a really cool guest who I think is is going to share some stuff with people who potentially aren't, you know, excited about sales. And Mm. sales is one of my favorite things to talk about. Yes. But I think a lot of people get very uncomfortable when it comes to sales, either either that or they just say, you know what, screw it all. I'm just going to like do things that I don't feel good about because I want to make money. And you don't have to do Mm. either one of those things. So I'm very excited about our guest today. Yes, likewise. I can't wait to dig into it. Se- selling is definitely one of those things. I, I, I can't wait to unpack this conversation. It's, it's definitely one of those areas I think people either seem to get very wrong or right. Yes. So, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show uh, the author of Succeed Without Selling, Diane Helbig. Welcome to the party. How are you today, Diane? I'm great. Thanks for having me. No, uh, no horse for you today, though. Uh, I see. No. Just, you're just here on your own power. <laughs> oh, you yes. didn't get that memo today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. We're gonna have a great conversation, nonetheless. So, so your the title of your book is "Succeed Without Selling," yet it's it is about selling. But you have a philosophy that says the more that you think about selling, the less that you'll actually sell. Like, what on earth does that mean? Okay. (laughs) I know it feels sort of counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Okay. But the truth is that when we think about selling, like when we're in that sales mode brain, it's all about us and it's repellent. People don't like Mm. it. They don't want to hear about our product or service. They don't care about what it is we have to sell. So the more focused we are on that, the less we sell because the less trust we're building, the less people, you know, the less we're resonating with people 
and really building the kinds of relationships that are going to help us be successful long term. Right. Mm. Right. And you used a key word there that I usually associate with Dean, repellent. However, <laughs> I was just about to say, Diane didn't mention burlesque then, did she? <laughs> no, but I, I, love, I, uh, I, I totally, I totally agree with that philosophy though. So, um, so let's take, let's take a little bit of a step back from that. How did all of this come about for you? Was there a negative experience that you had with a salesperson at one point? Were you trying to accomplish something of your own and you just didn't like the way that you felt when you were doing it? you know, kind of the way that many people do it? Like, how did all of this really start for you? Uh, so that that is a great question. And so did I have bad experiences with salespeople? Sure. Constantly. <laughs> it's just a, <laughs> yeah. a terrible thing, right? Buy a car. It, it's horrible. And I, when I had to go into sales, the company that I worked for, the owner said, you have got to go into sales. And I fought it tooth and nail. I what did you not doing? want to do it. What were you I, doing I was, before that? I was the director of operations for uh, an outsource firm. Oh, so, geez, that's a, that's a big leap to yeah. be the director of operations to sales. <laughs> yeah, well, I was the only person. I, that's how I got to Cleveland, and I was the only person here who knew what we did mm. well enough, you know, who could talk about it. And so, yeah. you know, we fought about it for like a year, and then when I I finally gave in and said, okay, then I have to take some sort of a class or something. So I took the Dale Carnegie class. And I learned so much from that, that then when I would watch people sell, I, I would notice that it, it was like they were begging, they were sort of needy, or they were obnoxiously confident to the point of being arrogant and basically saying to people, well, you absolutely need what I have to sell. And people would just look at them like, well, no, I don't. <laughs> so, you know, it was like a combination of everything. I would watch it and I'd think, boy, this just, this doesn't work. And I watched small business owners participate in selling so badly that then they weren't making sales and they didn't know why. Right, right, yeah. And, and it's changed. awful. Again, again, you did use some some words that I would use to describe Dean in that obnoxious. <laughs> uh, I, I've got a feeling this might be a theme of the show. Is it? Is this every time? I, I sort of, I sort of feel like she's been stalking you on social media or something in preparation for the show today. It's an intervention, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. It is an intervention. It's time to talk about what's really happening. <laughs> you're far too prepared for this moment <laughs> <laughs> well that's because I, diane and i were rehearsing this for the 30 minutes before we actually got right. on the show. i thought okay. things felt comfortable yeah. here i feel like an outsider all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay diane it's important that we don't let him know that this is what it's going to be in for on yeah. <laughs> so uh so so diane let's let's sort of unpack this uh this sure. philosophy so if I want to reframe and reposition the way that I think about selling, so you, you kind of alluded to this in, in the first thing that you said about it. First, it's not about you, but how, how do we go about actually doing this in a more effective way? Like what are the actual strategies for getting the result and creating that connection and feeling good about the, the relationship that you're building while you get that result? Okay. So the first thing 
is to realize and, and I guess embrace that you can't sell anything to anybody. People will buy from you, but you can't sell because I think that that helps stop us from trying to be really persuasive. Like if you're thinking to yourself, well, if I could just convince them, then stop thinking that because you can't. So own it, embrace it. But then ask yourself the question, what is it that I would like to know about this prospect and what do I need to know about them? Because when you frame it that way, it uh, results in a whole lot of questions that you should be asking and it gets you out of the telling mindset and puts right. you into, right, the curious mindset. Hmm. So like the first part of it is just changing your mindset. You want to be, you are, are interviewing them like they're interviewing you. You get to say, you know, I could help this person, but I don't want to help this person because this isn't going to be a good relationship based on what you hear and how you hear it. And if we're not curious, genuinely curious, and in the moment, we miss all of those signals. So what do you need to know? What do you want to know about the prospect? And create so give me, that. Give me an example. Life. Give me an example yeah. of like uh, some, uh, maybe a situation or something like that. And, and help, help me make the distinction between what do you want to know and what do you need to know? Okay, great. So let's say you sell insurance because that's relatively easy and most people are pretty bad at it. So <laughs> right. you sell insurance, right. So what you, what you need to know is where they are with insurance. Do they currently have it? Do they have enough? Have they explored it? Are they in a buying mode? There's things that, that you need to know. The things that you want to know are how do they decision make? Have they gotten insurance in the past? And if so, what was that experience like? If they have it now, why are they, why are they even talking to you? Because these are things that let you in behind the curtain. They give you a sense of, who is this person and what matters to them? You, mm. you want to know what does success look like to them? Mm. How will they know when this is working for them? So it sounds almost like the, the, the what you need to know, it sounded more like about the situation for the person, whereas what you want to know seems more like the actual person. Would that, would that yeah. be fair to say? Like that, that, that yeah. seems to, in, That's the impression when you were going through those things. Yes. Yes. That, that, that is exactly right. And what we do as salespeople, well, we do two things that, that I think hurt us. The first thing we do is we talk way too much. So we tell people things before we know what they're interested in. And the truth is that the more we talk, the less they listen. So it's sort of a waste mm. of time, waste of everybody's time. Right. Right. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing we do is we don't gather enough information to really be able to know is you know, can I really help them? And do I want to, is it going to be good for both of us? Do I want to get married to this person is basically what it comes down to. Cause once you're in a relationship with a client, it it's long-term, you're basically married to them. Right. 
Well, I think that's I think that's a really interesting point, and it's something that I know I've done differently for quite a while. But I see a lot of people who are, you know, selling whatever different, you know, uh, different things and different levels of you know low ticket, mid ticket, high ticket, whatever, and they just they just automatically think I will take money from anybody who will pay me, <laughs> right? Which is absurd <laughs> because <laughs> some of that money has like really bad strings attached to it. Like exactly. you could get. You could get the client or customer from hell and be like, oh my gosh, you know, I know there's so many people and I, I only know this because I learned this the hard way, you know, early on that I, if I had to do all this all over again, I would not take this person's money. Right. And, <laughs> and I think that, uh, automatically assuming that just because somebody's willing to pay you, you should take their money is a, is a really flawed assumption. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it hurts your business in the long run, because all of the energy that you expend on them, you are not expending on getting good clients. Typically, you lose money with those people. So revenue is one thing, but profit is something else. And yeah. we chase revenue when we should be chasing profit. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I, it's all I mean, about Can I get an stuff. amen for that? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, it's interesting that we're talking about this too, because I know Dean, you, you and I have talked about your experience several years ago, multiple times in this, you're, uh, figuring out, like, I don't have the, the pool of clients that I really want, even though there wasn't a lot of like necessarily one-to-one selling, it was Mm. online selling. You still repositioned your entire business to sell online to the people that you'd much rather do business with. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the most important things. That's what I've learned over the years is you got to define the who before you even begin the selling. Uh, I did it the wrong way around, I think, in the past. I, I, I just started to sell and would sell to everybody. Now, unfortunately, the closer those people can get to you, if they're not right or not a good match, you know, the, for whatever the reason, that can be quite a, <laughs> quite a devastating situation. Yeah. yeah. In, you, in, in, in your case, you woke up like one day and you're just like, I don't really like anything mm. about my business now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I completely lost the passion with it. And that was the reason. Yeah. yeah. So, so Diane, so, okay. So, so there's this whole element of curiosity, which I completely agree with. I've shared a story before that when I was in college and I had a sales job, I would, I was going into people's houses to sell water treatment systems. And I went to this one guy's house and they had Kick the, he had kicked out the other two sales guys two 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 consecutive days before I got there. So I was day number three, person number three, and I got to his house and knocked on the door. And he opens the door and is like in the backwoods of Florida somewhere. And he you know came to the door like you know kind of wife beater hat, Coors Light in his hand. And he's like, "Who are you?" And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm the water treatment guy." And he's like, "You know, I kicked out like the other two guys." And I was like, "I do know that actually, and I don't have to stay here if you don't want me to." And he's like, ah, he kind of looked me up and down. He's like, all right, you can come in. And I was just very, very curious about this guy. Mostly I was curious, why on earth am I even there at this guy's house after he kicked out the other two people? So I was just asking him tons of questions. I was like, why, why did you even let me in right now? And he starts talking and he talked and I kept asking him questions about everything for 90 minutes. What a great Um, first question though. Why did you let me in? What a great question. <laughs> well, that really is a good question. <laughs> well, to Diane's point, I was extremely curious. I was like, 
why did you let me? And you kicked out the other two guys. Like, clearly you don't want what we're selling or do you? And, um, and he, he ranted about, you know, my company, the government, like everything for 90 minutes. And finally, you know, and then in the middle of all of it, he's like, do you want a beer too? And I was like, I'd love a beer. And we're having this conversation 90 minutes in. He finally says to me, he's like, all right, well, what did you want to talk about? And I, I did the fastest pitch ever. And I closed the deal. Wow. It's, it's awesome. crazy. But anyway, I back, love this story. <laughs> yeah. back, it, it was a lot of fun. I still remember the guy's name, Kevin Stillwell. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, so, so after you have this foundation, cause I feel like what you're talking about here with the, the questions about what do I need to know? And what do I want to know? Those are like really the foundations on which you build the rest of the conversation. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. Because it informs whether you're going to say, thank you so much for the information. Based on what I heard you say, I believe we can, you know, that, that I am, uh, you know, can help you solve your problem. Or you're going to say, thank you so much for sharing that information. Based on what I heard, I don't believe I'm the best resource for you. Right. It's going to be one or the other. So yeah, you have to, you have to actually listen to what the people tell you and then respond based on that and what you know about your solution. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like in, at that, at that point in the conversation, people can start to feel uncomfortable, right? Cause they'd feel Oh my gosh, like I'm not the right person for this person. <laughs> now I don't know how to tell them that. Yeah. Or I am the right person for this person. Now I'm nervous that they're not going to buy what I have. How do you how do you help people navigate that fork in the road in either direction? Good question, Joe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, truly. So so let's go down the oh geez, I am not the best solution. Uh, which could also be, oh, geez, I am, but I don't want to work with this person. So th mm. they're both they're pretty much the same because it's a no for me, right? So right. I, I think it's a great thing. Once again, I, I think we have to change our mindset. That is not a bad situation. That is a good situation. We are being honest that we cannot help them. And there is nothing better than honesty. It builds so much trust and respect that we're not going to do business with that person, but there's a good chance they'll refer us to someone else because they'll say, hey, listen, if you need blah, 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 go talk to Diane because she'll tell you straight. And, mm -hmm. and so then, you know, it changes that dynamic. So I, I think there is no downside. First of all, you have to be okay with walking away. So, right. so yeah. right, you just have to really be okay with it and know that when you walk away from bad money, there is good money waiting for you. Yes. So, you know, leap of faith, what, whatever you want to call it, but you just have to really be able to say, and I do believe if you have something that you can say, it takes a lot of the fear away. So right. if you could say something like, you know, you thank them based on what I heard you say, I don't believe I'm the best resource for you. If you'd like, I could provide you with some other companies that I think might be, but I don't want to impose on any more of your time. And then like send that. a thank you note later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that. I, I like the, the sort of, I'm not the best fit, but I can still point you in the right direction. Mm, that's good. 
Because I feel yeah. like that's I feel like that's very helpful. I had a I actually had a call with somebody recently who somehow made it through and she just wasn't ready for what I have and she was much newer in her business journey. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and I just told her, I was like, look, like you have some specific things that you need. And while I might be able to put things together for you, I feel like there are other people who are better positioned to help you where you are right now. Yeah. And is it okay? Is it okay if I share share those things with you? Because I think that's what will be most helpful. And she was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Mm. Right. Yeah. And she'll I'm come back when she is at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and drawing out that affiliate marketing side, I'd imagine that you could probably form some strategic relationships with other people that, that would mm -hmm. serve people that you're going to be speaking with if they're not at the right stage for you. Like, mm -hmm. and you could probably create mutually beneficial uh, referral situations, couldn't you? Well, I think that's a, that's a really good point too, because, you know, even if you're, you know, even if you're great at sales, right. you're still going to have people that either aren't the right fit for you or aren't ready or whatever. Right. And you can just like let that die or you can choose to, you know, kind of push it along and, and bring life to it. Yeah. If you have a strong enough referral network that you could send people to based on different scenarios and stages. Yeah, definitely. Right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's take the other, let's take the other fork in the road now, Diane. Yeah. So you, this is where, you know, you are going to try and help this person make a decision that's powerful for them. How do you do that? Okay. So what you do is you, you have choices. You can either say, thank you so much for the information based on what I heard you say, I, I believe that I can help you. And could I share with you what I'm thinking? So it's always permission-based and they say, sure. Now, you know, it's a dialogue. It's a two-way conversation. So then you repeat back what you heard them say. So, yep. you know, if I heard you correctly, you said da-da-da-da-da. And they say, yes, exactly. Okay, so what I'm thinking is what we could do is da-da-da-da-da. And you bring them along with you down the road. So there aren't objections because you are addressing exactly what they told you. And what's happening through that conversation is the trust is continuing to build because they are realizing that you were really listening to what mm -hmm. they were telling you and that you really have, they can see the solution. They can see how it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, right. And, and so, and, and you're getting agreement from them through this conversation where you're saying, you know, am I on the right track? Does this make sense to you? Does this, did I hear you correctly? Okay, so you're getting that confirmation to the conversation and then you're saying, so this is what I'm thinking we would do. This is what it would look like. And yeah. I, I'm curious how, how you feel about that or, or what you think. And as Which long is another as question. It, yeah, right. It's respectful. It's not that the ridiculous, if I could get this for you in blue today, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> the whole trial close thing is just insane. So you can do that or you can say, thank you so much for the information. If you don't mind, I'd like to take it back to the office, go over it and put together a, a customized proposal for you. Could we schedule a time when I could come back or when we could get on the phone, you know, depending on geography, where we could go through it. Right. And 
and always, you know, schedule that next step before you leave this conversation. But see, this is the reason why you have to be really, really curious and you have to make sure you're asking all your questions. Because if you go through all of your questions and you don't ask the budget questions, you're going to go through that whole thing. You're going to get to the end. You're going to say, and here's the investment. They're going to say, wow, that is way out of my budget. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to freak out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so powerful. So what are the, uh, so, so let's maybe kind of rapid fire a few of the key questions that you do need to know. So you talked about, you know, budget, you talked about their situation, Mm -hmm. like what else would you put on the need to know list? So you need to know if they've, what their timeline is. You need to know how they make decisions, what's involved in their decision-making process. You need to know if they've worked with anyone in your industry in the past. And if so, what was that experience? If they currently are, what's going on? How they, how do I want to say this? How they problem solve. Because, you know, there's the possibility something's going to go wrong somewhere down the road. Right. And, and how do they deal with situations? Uh, what's their preferred communication method? Budget is huge. All that's, all that's really interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about when you say you need to know what their decision-making process is? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Uh, salespeople have a bad habit of saying, are you the decision-maker? Which we all know is a really bad question because A, it, it's rude. And B, they're not going to tell you. You know, They're going to tell you they are whether they are or not. But if you say, would you mind sharing with me what your decision making, you know, how you're going to go about making this decision, then you're asking permission. They're going to tell you what you want to know is, are there other people involved? Does it go through steps? Mm. Is it, you know, a committee? And is based on that, is there a way that you can, I'm going to use the word influence. I don't mean it in a bad way. But let's say they say, well, you know, I'm going to gather all of this information and then we have a board meeting on Friday and I'll present the information at the board meeting and then the board will vote on it. Okay. Mm. Are there ways that I, I, I want to make sure that I'm giving you the information that you need so that no matter what question they ask you, you'll have an answer. And I know that that could be tough, right? You, you can, it just helps you continue the conversation and further get involved in the decision-making process? Does it make sense for me to attend the board meeting or, you know, maybe part of the board meeting just to be able to answer questions as they come up? I love this in particular. There's been so much good stuff here, but this I think is one of the most powerful things that's come out of this conversation because my, my philosophy on the sales conversation is you are not there to sell. You are there to facilitate a powerful decision. And if you don't understand how that decision-making process happens, it's very difficult to facilitate that powerful decision. Yeah. Right. So if so, so, so if somebody says, well, I, you know, I'm going to need to, you know, ask you some questions, I'm going to need to, you know, look at some materials and then I'm going to need to talk to my partner about it. Then you're like, okay, now you know what to do and to give to them to help them make that powerful decision. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Exactly. I think that is really powerful. Yeah, that's quite good, James. I don't usually expect you to say much at uh, to intelligence. 
pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Caught me off guard, to be honest. <laughs> the I bar is set, low, Dean. Start speaking because I expect it to be so terrible, but that was that was worth tuning in for. So, <laughs> see that one come in. <laughs> well, even a even a broken clock is right twice a day, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> not that one before. <laughs> Diane, this is uh this is such a such a valuable approach to sales because my like my my opinion and one of the reasons I really wanted to have this conversation with you today is because I think sales is a high level service. The, the act of selling is a high level service that you can provide when when you take this approach. And uh and this is this is so incredibly helpful and I hope that everybody who's been listening will re-listen to this and not just mm-hmm. listen to it, but, but incorporate this into your sales conversation. And, and to yeah. go back to the point that we made earlier, Dean, I feel like there are massive amounts of elements of this philosophy, mm-hmm. which can also be used and embedded in online sales. Like this doesn't just have to be, oh, you know, sure. one-on-one consultative sales, does it? No, not at all. I think it, I think it translates like very, very closely in all honesty. Um, like every, everything you were just going through there, this is a lot of what, you know, a lot of how we do things with our, with our conversations. Um, and, and we're purely online. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. So, uh, so Diane, where can people get their hands on your book and find out more about how they can improve this skill that's so important for every mm-hmm. single business owner to have? Well, thanks so much for having me on for this conversation and for asking that question. If they go to Amazon, they can get the book. Um, They can currently get the ebook and there are sample scripts in the back of the book. There's forms in the back with a, a link where they can go to my website and download those forms and scripts so they can use them that, you know, they can adapt them for whatever it is that they're doing. But, you know, my goal is that People really get what they need. And they can always reach out to me through my website, uh, seizethisday.co or hellbigenterprises.com. And I'm happy to talk to anybody about their situation in particular. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here and sharing this with us. For those of you guys that are interested in reading more, you can go to amazon.com and you can search for Succeed Without Selling. We've been talking with Diane Helbig. Dean, any parting thoughts before we wrap up today? No, nothing major. Just to say thank you to Diane. I think there's been so many uh, so many great things discussed. I'm going to listen back to this episode a couple of times and look forward to uh, picking up the ebook there as well. So thank you. Yes, and when you do listen back, make sure you cue into the words that she used to describe you numerous times throughout the show. <laughs> um, when I listen to things back, I generally skip past. Like I say, anything you say is just irrelevant to me. So generally, I use that fast forward 30 seconds until the, uh, until the garbage is gone. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Well, thank you guys. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. Thank you to our our listeners for uh, tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Make sure that you tune in live because Just a Tips is live now every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. For more information on that, go to justatipshow.com. This is James P. Friel with my esteemed co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, signing off for today. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. 
Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.